Hello, how is everyone tonight on Friday? Welcome to the Cajun Eskimo Show from Bayou to Igloo. As you can see, I have my co-host live with me in the Cajun Libertarian Studio, which is actually my kitchen, believe it or not. Uh, Eskimo, why don't you give everyone a greeting? Great greeting, Eskimo. She says hi. Tonight on the Cajun and Eskimo Show, it will actually be the Cajun and Jason Show. Weird. Mr. Bearded Truth. Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. We will be talking about T-Mobile getting breached again. Uh, New Zealand goes full tyranny again. And the wonderful Afghanistan papers, which are all too intriguing and very too long to discuss in one episode, but absolutely fascinating. Next on the Cajun and Eskimo Show from Bayou State Blues. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to all of you wonderful friends and family to the Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou Seagulls on Muddied Waters Media. Whoops, my bad. I've got a little different setup tonight. I just bumped the table and knocked the camera. So, but you know who doesn't mess anything up? Cumberland Cannabis Company, based out of Tennessee, for your online weed, CBD, and all of the essential natural and organic necessities that you will need to get your weed online. Feel better, reduce that inflammation, and live a better, healthier life with Can Cumberland Cannabis Company. You know who also is fantastic and who will reduce your inflammation and your worries and stress if you're in Pennsylvania? Joe Soloski, Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor, the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you did not know, Joe is the voice of the Muddied Waters of Freedom intro on Tuesday nights. Joe will be on my show. Very soon. This week, I believe, this Wednesday. So, check that out. Check out Joe. If you live in PA, make him your governor. It will be worth it. With that being said, uh, obviously, you see I have Eskimo here live in the Cajun Libertarian Studio. So, who we will bring on tonight is Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Or, I don't know if he can know this, but I can see him in the gulag down there with that ridiculous crap on uh, he has labeled himself Mr. Bearded Truth. Mr. Bearded Truth, what's up? Hey, so um, <laughs> for anybody wondering, what the hell is he wearing? So on, I believe it was Monday night's show, you had a wonderful guest on your standalone uh, page where you were talking, and this is terrible. This is, this is not a well-made prop by any means. But <laughs> you had a viewer that was talking about how you're always wearing a black hat. Your black beard just oh. molds into your black shirt. It's weird. It's almost as if like this was planned or something, um, mm. but you had no idea of this. <laughs> so I thought I was going to take it upon myself to wear a poorly made prop to be the second Cajun. But but really what the people want is the better beard. And so uh, okay. let's give the people what they want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just lost style points there. You were gaining. 
you, I think you were even trending on Twitter there for the last few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you also man. don't have a shirt from Spike Cohen handed to you personally that says Young Padawan. Oh, I you're 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 absolutely right. He uh he just showers me with compliments. He doesn't doesn't give me the pity gifts. Because oh. this is a this feels like a compliment. <laughs> this feels like a compliment. No. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's beautiful. Uh, so, of course, I, I, I would be remiss without saying this because there's so many people here who are joining in for these podcasts uh, and they may think that we hate each other, but of course, this is all in good libertarian brotherly love uh, from one Navy guy to another Navy guy. Uh, you know, as we talk about something that's so relevant for veterans later on. And, and so this is this is all in the best of flavors and the best of fun. And uh, so excited to be doing this and uh, joining you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining. I asked Jason to come on short notice because I wanted to do uh, an, a, a raffle or auction for this hat. And Eskimo is out of town. I meant to mention that at the very beginning. She is doing her thing. In the Alaskan grocery store, I believe. So she is out of town. And I asked Jason to come on. And for anybody that doesn't know, I would be hard pressed to think that you don't know. But Jason has a show on Monday nights on Monday Waters Media. Would you like to pitch that show? Absolutely. So I am, of course, the Mr. Merck of the Bearded Truth, running my shows Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's Freedom Time, of course. Uh, not Central, but but Eastern <laughs> and where we take one topic each week. We dive deep into these topics and, and we talk about did you guys just lose me or is that me just no, like okay okay perfect uh where we dive deep into like a specific topic and we talk about the history of it we talk about the Repu from the republican side the democrat side and of course the libertarian solution to it some of these topics we've hit already are certificate of need um, which is your healthcare, finding ways of making healthcare more affordable, more accessible, and getting cronyism and monopolies out of the way. We've talked about civil asset forfeiture, where law enforcement has a legal tool in which they can take your property, that's your money, your car, your home, your boat, whatever it is, as long as they think that it may have been associated with a crime, of course, without due process. We've talked about the war on drugs. We had Matt Wright from here from Muddy Waters of, of Freedom. We spoke uh, a great length on the war on drugs and everything else. And and so we hit so many different topics. And uh, so we've got, of course, an abundance of them coming forward. Um, I'm excited. We're going to have Cajun on here soon. We're going to have uh, we have bootleg coming up this Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about guns, which is, of course, libertarian awesome. rite of passage. Um, and we've got some great guests coming on. So it's not just me pontificating into a microphone but having some good conversations and so i'm so incredibly excited for that nice yeah your show is uh extremely informative entertaining and absolutely amazing as you Thank are you. and as my beard is <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you uh give us uh what you can because obviously we have to be discretionary in the information that we share but about the family that we're trying to help out by auctioning or um Raffling. Raffling this hat off, which should be pinned to the top of the comment section as soon as, as, soon as Ashley Greer Smoot pops in. Um, so, yes. Uh, so we have a family, and part of being a libertarian is the idea that we take care of our own. We take care of our own society. We take care of others within our community. And so um, I've got a family that has been very close to me, that I've known them for years, and they're going through a pretty difficult court battle 
um, for family court to protect their youngest or their oldest uh, child. And so as they're fighting through this process, it has been incredibly cumbersome and a financial just sinkhole, if you will, um, just naturally as how family courts go. And so they're actually a risk right now of actually to give the update that um, I failed to uh, to send over to Matt Wright to get the GoFundMe updated, which uh, we'll, we could get that into the comment section here in a second. But um, they have lost their last legal representative uh, due to not being able to afford it. After spending more than $30,000 in the last year and a half, two years, um, they needed to put up a, a good chunk of money to begin with. That was $25,000 in order to just fulfill the retainer to to have that legal representative follow them into um, into trial or to represent them in trial. And so they've lost that representative. They're, they're fighting right now to get into a, a new uh, legal representative so that they can maintain their daughter. And why this is so important is that if they are unable to, because of the, the state that they live in, um, if they're unable to go to this trial, it reverts back to a decision before wherein this child may potentially be going back to a very volatile and destructive lifestyle um, because of the, the upbringing that she has gone through there. So it's incredibly important for us to be able to take, uh, take some efforts um, take our time and, and build up for somebody within our own community and help out when we can. And so every little bit that we, we've been able to uh, has been amazing. And, and to expand upon that, uh, if I could real quick, before we get into the raffling, um, I did oh, probably like a month ago, we did pepper pain for a family's gain on Muddy Waters of Freedom with Spike yes, and did. Matt. And I ate oh, so many peppers. Um, the following day I ate a piece of beef jerky that was well over a million Scoville units. And I said, if we make it to $5,000 in total, whether that is on the GoFundMe, whether that is, um, sent over to my PayPal, which has been cleared out. So everything that goes into the PayPal is going to this family's fund, um, or through other means. If we got to that $5,000 mark, I would be eating a drop of this pepper and it's called the end flatline. And it is seven million Scoville units, so seven or six to seven times hotter than that beef jerky. And um, sure as heck, we've hit it. So before he explains the raffle for tonight, I want to show you guys that 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 red dot right there. That's that's gonna make me cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say uh, hold off for a second on that because I want you yes. to be able to speak for a minute. And so. What we're doing is we're raffling up. There are only 31 tickets left. They're only $5 a ticket. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so these things are going to go fast. Uh, you're going to get this worthless hat that I will sign. That's also, also worthless. Uh, maybe <laughs> I throw in a, a written hand note, which is less worth than the other stuff. Uh, doesn't matter it's five dollars people five dollars is five dollars throw in five dollars hope to get the hat the original hat i see somebody gave me some flack in the comment section because i did buy or i'm sorry i did have one made not to reveal my sources but here is a new one see it's still got the sticker on it it's never been worn the only the very first piece of merchandise that was ever made for the Cajun Libertarian brand is sitting on my head and has been since just about day one. So that is what we're raffling off. It is very sentimental to me 
as my grant has grown exponentially leaps and bounds beyond what I ever thought in a million years that it would. And so um, it does hold sentimental value to me. But more importantly, we're trying to help out a family in need. Roy Martin says, not worthless. It covers your bald head. Bro, I'm not bald. I have hair. <laughs> he had to pull it back all the way to the back of his head to find find where it's receded to. It's because it's a what? Fat, uh, <laughs> okay. I'll let you. I'll let you have that one. Not to. You know what? Nah. Since you said it, I'll say it too. Right. Look, I can. I can see the back of your scalp from the front of your scalp. I don't want to hear it. You know, we got the same problems. We got the same issues. Uh, <laughs> Our beards this. are phenomenal. Our head hair is less than. I would also that. like to add on on this hat thing is that, um, Cajun is a part of the Muddy Waters team, right? Cajun is a part of this Muddy Waters team. And so far, everybody who's been a part of the the Muddy Waters team has been absolutely amazing, has been incredibly intelligent, who has not yet reached their fullest potential. And so uh, as he is degrading himself of his value of today, <laughs> come back next week. That hat's worth another 32 cents. Uh, come back and <laughs> so. come back in a decade. And Cajun libertarian is now like the speaker of the house of the U S Congress and <laughs> is just running things. Right. So it's, it's not just about the value of today, but it's the value of tomorrow. And, and Cajun libertarian is going places that is undeniable at this point. And, and so you can, you can literally have, have a, a a hat right now that was from the very beginning of Cajun Libertarian, and now find me another hat out there that was there from the original Cajun Libertarian. Yep, you won't find it. One of one it. of a kind. I believe that raises the value quite a bit. It is but one of a kind. What do it I know? I had it specially made. I had the second one specially made. Actually, to be honest with you, I had the second one specially made just because whoever wins the hat. If they didn't want one that was uh, just filled with my nasty sweat, then uh, actually I don't sweat that bad because it's always in here. But there are a few sweat lines, but if they wanted the brand new one, I'll still sign that. But probably people are going to want this one, and then I'll wear the new one. This is the very first piece of Cajun Libertarian merchandise ever made, and it has sat on my head for every show since it has arrived at my doorstep. And that it, that does hold sentimental value. And thank you, Jason, for those amazing compliments. Except for the curse of being in politics, don't don't do that. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> That's you know what's job, funny. Man. As as we sit here and we we talk about this, um, Spike Cohen, two years ago when I first started here at Muddy Waters, um, we were having conversations. Right, Matt was a former, I believe, vice chair for for Florida. Um, I was a county chair here in in South Carolina, and. We literally had a conversation, the three of us, and Spike was like, look at you guys. You guys are doing all this politician -y things, and I'm sitting over here just being my radical anarchist self, like having a good time with it. And, and you know, he had no ambitions whatsoever to run. And we, we got him there to the SCLP presidential debate so we could cover it as Muddy Waters team. Um he hangs out with Vermin Supreme, and and of course the rest is history. Now we have the greatest vice presidential candidate the Libertarian Party has ever put up because Spike Cohen said that he was never going to be a politician, and yet when he went out there, he kicked ass. And so now it's just a matter of us, uh, Muddy Waters team, uh, and as of course you guys, the viewers as well, of encouraging Cage the Libertarian to continue to grow, continue to develop, and then go kick ass and take names just the same way. That's great. <laughs> 
big facts. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fully. Uh, I, I get. You know, I I give a lot of crap to Spike just because I know he's a, a big deal and he can take it. And uh, but at the end of the day, I'm super honored to be here on the Muddy Waters crew with you and Matt Wright and Eskimo and Spike. And I, I said it at the uh, convention that I hosted in Tunica. You know, I'm super proud to follow Spike's lead. I'm super proud to learn from you and Matt and uh, and Eskimo. She does way more research than I do as well. And so, how does that make you feel, Eskimo? She feels very arrogant about that. She does, very she does more more research than me. It's gonna kill me. Still, we 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 Thanks, tried to Eskimo. cover that enough times at the beginning so that I would not die. <laughs> not gonna happen. I'm dying. <laughs> no, I have no plan for this process, right? Like, just whenever it, it, it piques my interest to slam that <laughs> microphone into Nullick's face and ask her a stupid ass question, I'm going to do that. How's that make you feel, Nullick? Thanks, Nullick. <laughs> so, $5 a ticket. You can get a hat worn by me, signed by me, which will be insignia. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, insignized. I will put my personal insignia. Signed? Signed, it will be signed, but it's a signia, insignia, though it's not an actual signature. I'll give you all a backstory, real quick like 20 seconds. Uh, all of the electronic devices that I use all day long, including my phone for work, I have my personal insignia that I use, which is NO. My first name is Noel, and then my last initial is O. And I do it as a cool little design. It's very cool. Came up with myself because apparently I'm a cool guy with pretty ingenuitive uh, ideas. That's debatable. However, what's not debatable, it is a really cool insignia. I will sign that on this black hat with a white Sharpie, my personal insignia, not the, the Cajun Libertarian brand, unless the person that wins it specifically wants Cajun Libertarian. If not, then I will actually give you my personal insignia on the hat, and it will go straight to you. I will mail it straight to you. Uh, look, we're talking. We, this family needs tens of thousands of dollars and we pumped out barely over 30, uh, I think almost 40 tickets. We're, we're right at 30 now. Uh, it's only gonna, at $5 a ticket, y'all. It's only going to give this family $175, but that's a lot of money because that's a huge increment. Put this in? I'm waiting on them to pin it into the comments. If you can't okay. find it in the comments yet, you can go straight to my page. It's pinned to the top of my page, the Cajun Libertarian. The Cajun Libertarian, the page with like 15,000 followers, not my profile. Please, it will not be on the profile. It's shared to it. my profile, yes, but it'll be much easier if you just go to my big page and just is pinned right to the top. I'll try to pin it to the Twitter as well. We're going to let this raffle run through the weekend. I would really like to sell these tickets out through the uh, end of this episode. We will let it run through the weekend. I will announce the winner on Monday. The Cabbage Libertarian Live, just a thought episode that I release every Monday. At the beginning of that episode, I will let everybody know who won, and then I will gather their information and send them the hat. And I have a secret present to send as well, along with, yes, a handwritten note from me, myself, the Cabbage Libertarian, and a thank you letter for this family that I care very deeply about, and I want them to do the things that they have to do, right? Like Thomas Daniel Queter says, do the thing. Whatever the thing is in front of you that you need to do, do that thing. Well, right now, the thing we need to do is sell 30 more tickets. That's five bucks. Five bucks is five bucks. Please, uh-oh. It's, it's, did it's you say down. do the thing in front of you? Uh-oh, I did, but yeah. 
Go ahead. Wait, is there anything else you want to add before you are indisposed for a few minutes? No, that was a big ass drop, though. I'm really scared. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, but I but no, I yes. This is this is so incredibly important. Um, while we're waiting to get those links put up there, um, if you guys go over to the Cage of Libertarians um, Facebook page, you guys will see it there. I actually just found it. I don't have a way of copying that. I don't know how to do that. I'm tech tarted. Uh, but um, if you guys are looking to donate directly, uh, let me put that. Oh, no, I can't do that either. Um, I can figure out how to make comments. But you That's guys right. can go to gofund.me slash 519 ccc 22519 ccc 22 and that will take you right to the gofundme you could uh if you want to make donations outside of the raffle you make them directly there and of course you can find me uh my paypal that we've been using as a loophole for people who don't want to pay the fees of gofundme you can always find me uh paypal mr bearded truth um but without further ado let's um Let's get into the rest of the show. Let's get into the rest of the show. Tongue oh my God, it burned through. Holy crap, it burned through the cracker. So while he eats that devastatingly ridiculous mouth of pain uh, food, Janice in the comments says, I think there's a five ticket limit and she is going to purchase five tickets. 25 bucks on PayPal for five tickets, please. Good cause. Joe, thank you for posting the GoFundMe in the comment section. Thank you very, very much. I am working with two different screens right now, y'all. So please bear with me. I have never done anything like this before. But we will make it work. The other one is a, a look. <coughs> there he goes. There he goes. A lap tablet. So I'm actually touchscreening this uh, laptop. <coughs> so, yes, $5 is $5 while you watch Jason die. So, $5 is $5. Uh, the, when he did this for the family a few weeks ago, about a month ago, and he had all those, those peppers, you can imagine how much his mouth was on fire. And by extension, you could probably clairvoyantly see or get a good visual of the future which is still the past but right now if you didn't hear about it it's in the future for your mind that him on the toilet the next day was probably something similar to him sitting or hovering above the seventh gate of hell as these peppers begin to exit his lower intestines into the toilet yep and now he's dying Yep. No, that is. Oh my god. No, that's terrible. Looks bad. I. Uh, my mouth is on fire. It's cool. Let's roll. Let's Woo! roll. We'll give Jason a break for a minute as we start to dip off into what we have tonight. So I have worked a bunch of overtime this month in the blistering heat of South Mississippi in August is just incredible, but I love this so much. And I love what we do is so important that it doesn't really matter except for the fact that I did not have time to extrapolate the, uh, the, the, the content out of these articles and information that I want. So I'm just going to cherry pick it as we go along here. T-Mobile 
says at least 47 million current and former customers have been affected by a hack. T-Mobile has confirmed that millions of current and former customers had their information stolen in a data breach. In a statement, T-Mobile, which has more than 100 million customers, said its preliminary analysis shows 7.8 million current post-paid T-Mobile customers had information taken in the data breach. The carrier said that some personal data was taken, including customer names, dates of birth, social security numbers, and driver's license information for a subset of current and former postpaid customer and prospective T-Mobile customers. The The company also said that 40 million records of former and prospective customers was taken, but that no phone numbers, account numbers, pins, passwords, or financial information were compromised. Here is where the kicker comes, right? Ready for the fun part? The company warned that approximately 850,000 active T-Mobile customer names, phone numbers, account pins, and account pins were, in fact, compromised, and that customers' names, phone numbers, and account pins were exposed. T-Mobile said it has reset those customers' pins and they're recommending all postpaid customers to proactively change their account pin. Vice reported this weekend that T-Mobile was investigating a possible hack after a seller on known on a known criminal forum claimed to be in possession of millions of records. The seller told Vice they had 100 million records of T-Mobile customers which included customer account names, phone numbers and the IMEI numbers of the phones on the account. T-Mobile warns that there could be more fallout to come, noting that it confirmed there was some additional information from inactive prepaid accounts accessed through prepaid billing file files, but did not say what, only that it was not financial information. So if you are a T-Mobile customer at this present time, past or present, and apparently, or future, you're at risk. Yeah. So I actually got that text yesterday. Oh, um, wow. T-Mobile has determined that unauthorized access to some of your personal data has occurred. And we have no evidence that your debit card or credit card information was compromised. We take protection out of our customers seriously. Woo. We are taking actions to protect your T-Mobile account. And we recommend that you take action to protect your credit card. Oh, read I more here probably yeah so i don't the reason i bring this up y'all is because with all the stuff that's going on between coronavirus and afghanistan this one might have slipped through the cracks for you it just might have by the way another company that you can visit defy the power you see i have a defy the power mug right here which i can Take a nice, wonderful sip of my diabetic-friendly throat wetter from DefyThePower.com. Got it in Tunica. And my mouth does not burn as much as Jason's because I have a DefyThePower.com mug in my hand. Back to T-Mobile. Yeah. Ooh. This is While not you finish the- up with T-Mobile, I'll, I'll give me one moment, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> This isn't the first time that T-Mobile has done 
has dealt with this. So I'm not an advocate against T-Mobile here, right? I have no idea their infrastructure, <laughs> but at this point, it, it sounds pretty bad, right? It sounds pretty bad. I mean, it, it's not really a laughing matter. I'm more laughing at Jason and T-Mobile's just absolute. Look, it, I, I've read it straight from the website there, or straight from the uh, from the article. 100 million account users minimum. T-Mobile. Pay for security, man. Like, come on. This is absurd, the fact that this is multiple times now you've dealt with hacks in your infrastructure system. That's a problem. That's a real problem, T-Mobile. We need to uh, correct that problem. And for everyone that's listening and watching right now, I would do the things that we just want to be doing in regards to your T-Mobile account if you are, in fact, a T-Mobile customer. What's, what's amazing about T-Mobile is that so many people are attracted to them because they're the unnetwork or the uncarrier, if you will. They're very casual with the way they handle things. They're they're not in your face, and so there's definitely a reason, uh, definitely a reason why people want to go to T-Mobile, and they give a lot of discounts. So I actually have a business discount for being Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. I also have a veteran discount, mm. and so. Being able to stack discounts like that is fantastic. Um, and and so they are on the cheaper side compared to some of the other businesses out there. So it sucks for for people that are in need of a, of a somewhat reputable um, phone carrier. But at the same time, you, you're coming with those risks. And so, of course, as we have <coughs> uh, this guy dying... Um, <laughs> yeah but uh as um as people are trying to find areas to move to t-mobile has shown as you said you know they have a record of not being very good at stopping those hackers so take that as you guys are figuring out who you want to move to as people are moving around uh from phone carrier to phone carrier i highly suggest you do not gravitate towards whatever it is that Jason, Mr. Beard, or Truth just put in his mouth. Probably a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. Seems like a bad idea. Yep. But we do a lot of bad ideas and a lot of bad things for good causes. And that's the we point. Do. Five bucks is five bucks. And 100 million Scovilles is 100 million Scovilles for the right cause. <laughs> we need another like 10 grand. And we're gonna try to knock out $175 worth of that 10 grand tonight. So please buy a ticket, a raffle ticket. Should be in the comments section. If not, set the pin to the top of the Cajun Libertarian page. Hopefully, Ashley will have the details posted in the comment section here in the chat. Again, you can go straight to my page, the Cajun Libertarian, and find the raffle setup right there pinned at the top you can also donate to straight to the family uh, jason lyon put his paypal in there he will get that money straight to the family same system as i have done several times you guys you guys have embraced it just paypal me and i send it straight to him same concept here paypal jason it gets straight to there yep <clears throat> I would, absolutely for a, 
you just take one minute while Jason continues to recover, Mr. Bearded Truth, Mr. Murray? It's going to be all night recovery. Yeah, it's going to be an all night recovery. Yeah, yeah, recovery. I just wanted to show you. I don't know if you've seen this picture yet, Jason, but I wanted to show it to you. You know who that is? That looks like a younger Jack Casey. That is a younger Jack Casey. It's not a. It's not a Jack Casey. People want to see. Um, it's his leg. Is that his foot that's bent weird? Um, I, you know. You know. Is he wearing capris? That's right. There it is. Yes, he's wearing capris. That's my. He's biggest wearing capris. No chest hair, and he's wearing capris. Yes, my biggest. Criticism. He needs to be wearing a bra if he's if he's wearing capris. All right, or I, just I, or even just seashell pasties, right? Something. He's wearing something. capris. Cover up the nips. Cover up the nips man. <laughs> Nipplegate back over again. Nipplegate. We're, we're starting this back up again. <clears throat> Nipplegate. So I would like the all infamous, famous, and wonderfully beloved. As Thomas Daniel Queter likes to put it, the chubby cheeks of justice. Give us the best, absolute, most phenomenal ad read for Jack Casey in the royalgreen.com that anybody has ever had. Eskimo, give us the best Jack Casey ad read. Great ad read. (laughs) You are fantastic. Thank you so much. That was absolutely the best ad read I've ever heard for the royalgreen.com. And she is delightful that you all enjoyed it as well. That is a fact. I'm not sure how much Jason is enjoying slash dying. Um, I tell you what, he's not stuck in a wheelchair with upside down feet. Thomas Queter is, though. Tom for 52.com. T O M F O R 52.com. There's no quit in Queter. Thomas Daniel Queter for Senate. If you don't know, he's running for the 52nd District of New York State for Senate, and he is very much in a wheelchair as a midget that gets his bones broken very easily with upside-down feet. What else you may not know about Thomas Queter? He is absolutely brilliant and deserves to be in the 52nd District Senate of New York State. So please go to TomFor52.com, hit the donate button, smash the donate button at TomFor52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. There's no quit in Queter. Thomas Daniel Queter for Senate in New York. Now that's a phenomenal ad read. Much better than than Nolix over there. I thought uh, it was pretty great. It was but, good. It was good. But yeah, yeah, it's it the Tom, best Jack Tom, Casey Tom. ad read I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Tomfor52.com. Yeah, it was a good ad read. So, in keeping with the theme of, I guess there isn't really a theme, but we'll we'll go to it. We'll go to it real quick. Let's talk about. New Zealand for a second. This isn't uncommon in that region, though, right? Like, we see Australia kind of doing the same thing. But we're going to show you all some graphics that are going to make a lot of sense to you. And we're going to talk about a few things that do not make sense to you. I'll be very quick with this because we are actually already to almost 40 minutes. And we want to get to the Afghanistan papers because that is what matters. So, New England has entered full lockdown mode. New Zealand. Oh, yeah. New Zealand, the country that apparently we have no idea even existed prior to however it is that I came across this article and had to reach out to the nationally syndicated publishers of said articles and 
radio ads to find out what the hell they were talking about because I had no idea what New Zealand was before today. Apparently, to some people on Twitter, that's news. It was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So New <clears throat> England, New England, New Zealand has entered full lockdown mode. Why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important. Give me 10 seconds. After recording its first case of the Delta variant, they got one, one case, and they shut the whole country down. Yep. They shut the whole country down after a case. Jason, you know, in the past, New Zealand has a track record. New Zealand and Australia both like they they run eerily similar to each other in which they're like over dramatic and what's 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 crazy about it right is is we understand like COVID is a thing right COVID exists COVID is is detrimental COVID you need to take some precautions right my family we're taking a lot of uh, vitamin C vitamin D uh, taking some zinc and we're t- taking precautions in order to minimize our, our risk of COVID. We're limiting how much we're we're going off and doing body shots off of random strangers, right? We're we're we're, we're trying to we're trying to mitigate our risks as much as possible, but we're also not just giving up the economy. We're not just giving up a life and and just sitting in a room going, "Oh my God, COVID's out there." Um, but you have certainly some mindsets out there that are covid's out there why have we not locked everybody in their own little separate room and and we'll send the police out day and night to to cover all these things and and i've got a buddy that lives down in australia um down in sydney and and he he's another fellow podcaster who i hope to to have on as well um but you know he's been doing every day of lockdown and just talking about the experiences there and it's scary how australia and new zealand are are so symmetrical on this right. of just shut down everyone's life you you guys don't need to live there's there's a virus out there my mouth is done Vi- a, a, a virus <laughs> that still globally maintains a 98 point plus percentile chance of survival so we are ruining people's lives. We are wrecking countries' economies over a 98 point. I'm being generous there, right? Very generous because here's the thing that like a lot of people have missed in all of this is that we know that there are people that carry COVID that are asymptomatic the entire time. Now, how many people have been tested that were just asymptomatic? You just woke up and was like, I want to swab my nose today. Like, and I don't want my, to use my own Q-tips. I want to go use my insurance in order to get a, get a swab. And I want to have somebody else swab my nose for me. You know, so we have so many cases out there of COVID that have never even been, nobody has any idea has ever occurred. And so as a result of that, the number of cases has been inflated. Um, We also know that there have been plenty of, of pharmacies that do this testing that have, that have been known that, hey, we're popping positives and it's not real. So false positive. So we've had inflation on the cases. And we've had uh, uh, so we've had more people that have um, that have had COVID that have not been tested and known. 
but we've also have numbers that are not accurate because they're they're even expanded beyond because we haven't ever gone back to check up on it. It's as soon as you pop positive, right? Go into quarantine for two weeks. We'll see you. Hopefully you can survive. Hopefully your job will still take care of you. Hopefully they're going to follow the laws and everything else and, and they don't find a reason to fire you and everything else. So you could you could get your life together. Don't worry. You could do it in just two weeks, though. Don't worry about today. Um <laughs> And, and, and so that 98 percentile, I mean, the number is sitting right around 99, I think. And and it's even further. It's even yeah. smaller than that of, of a mortality rate. And and that's Absolutely. important. And we also look at the mortality rates. These are these are people by their age demographics. These are trending right along with it. So it's, it's a really weird situation of we need to be super fearful. Of it. And it's like you don't need to be super fearful of it. You need to understand it. You need to kind of work within your own and work within your community to minimize your risk. But at the end of the day, like you can't just give up life for the fear of losing it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's essentially what we're talking about here. Here's my concern is that a a country like New Zealand in Australia, which you and I have both seen the graphics before we've posted them here. uh, It does not, (laughs) they're going to look, they're and it's already in the article here. Many, many articles. They're already promulgating the idea that these lockdowns, these full scale, hundred percent totalitarianism lockdowns, work, and they're going to reference countries like New Zealand and Australia. That's that's a valid point to bring up. So let me get through the rest of the title here, and then I'll show you all the graphics. Um, the country hasn't seen a single locally transmitted COVID-19 case since February. New Zealand imposed a strict initial lockdown last year, barring almost all out-of-country visitors. Notice the word placement. They tell you entered full lockdown mode after recording its first case of Delta variant. Very catchy. Gets you. Good journalism. Yeah. Bad. Bad journalism as far as truth concerns. But good journalism if you want to get people's attention. Second sentence, the country hadn't seen a single locally transmitted COVID-19 case since February. Now that's where they get you because they say, oh, my God, full lockdown mode. What's going on? First case of Delta variant. Then they tell you they haven't seen a single transmitted case since February. Then you're like, oh, my God, holy crap, maybe this works. Then New Zealand imposed a strict initial lockdown last year, barring almost all out-of-country visitors, New Zealand is now one of the last countries to encounter the Delta variant. Prime Minister Arden, I'm not going to try her first, Jacinda, maybe. Um, I don't speak yep. New Zealand. Probably Prime Minister don't speak Jacinda Kiwi. Arden. I don't speak Kiwi either. I eat Kiwi. I don't speak it. <laughs> the whole <laughs> island of New Zealand's going to be mad at us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. More than 142 countries have encountered Delta so far, according to the World Health Organization. Here's a quote from the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Delta has been called a game changer, and it is, Arden said. Where? Show me. Show me the stats. They're not there. Show me, especially when it comes to children, specifically. There's it's no- a game changer. It, the only reason why it's a game changer is because they c- came out with a vaccine that was like somewhat effective against like the the older variant, like not even like fully very. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so they they skewed data and they made everything else to make it look more uh, 
more as a, as a good, strong defense there. And then the Delta variant came through. And of course, it's a mutation. It's a different thing. And so that same vaccine is not working at the same effective rate, um, but they're still keeping the skewed data. And so it's a game changer, guys. It changed. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a game changer because it changed. Cool. Like That's literally it. Yeah. That's literally it. The country, make no mistake, the media is going to reference the success success of New Zealand and Australia by absolutely going full-blown tyranny and authoritarianism. And literally Australia right now is sending military and police out into the streets to make sure that people are locked in their homes. It's unreal. We're going to show you a couple of graphics here in a second. Um, Go ahead. I, I, I do want to say, like, it would be incredibly effective if New Zealand and Australia would just populate their entire islands. Um, I don't know if you have <laughs> if you have a graphic available for that, but yeah, yeah, we got a couple of them. If they were if they were just to populate their entire island where they had a mile between each and every one of them, there's no way that they would be able to transfer it. And then you could just like, I I, I don't know how you'd have commerce, but but yeah. So so the the problem has always been is whenever whenever governments talk about being successful around COVID, right? It's are they are they single minded on this? Are they they pinpoint targeting one aspect of this? Of we want to end COVID cases and that's the only thing we want to do? Then sure, right? Locking everybody down, you throw everybody in their own singular padded cell, you throw food through a little little vent, and you just have no interactions with other people. And if you could somehow function that, sure, you can beat COVID. Cool. But the problem is, is that you can't be laser sighted on that because when you have circumstances where you're locking people in their homes right um i, I realize we're gonna go way over time but whatever over. you guys are ready for this i'm ready for this let's do this um but when you lock people in their homes right let's let's not even worry about outside the doors but inside the homes right you have a higher suicide rate we've seen this in america we've seen this across the country where people cannot handle staying locked in their homes they commit suicide you have a higher domestic violence um rate you have rape you have divorces you have to where people are not accustomed to being in the same five foot by five foot ten foot by ten foot twenty foot by twenty foot area and they they go insane and so you say yeah it's only for two weeks well that two weeks turns into two months that two months has now turned into two years for some people i mean michigan so probably is still in their first lockdown i mean <laughs> governor whitmore is, is just not letting go but but the point is is that when you want to govern over a body of people um you cannot be so focused on one aspect of it because you're going to have catastrophic losses everywhere else um I'm, I'm trying to remember who the who the quote was from but there are no solutions only trade-offs and if your trade-off is that you don't That's give fine. a damn about everybody you just want to end the coronavirus so that you can brag about it then cool pat yourself on the back and beat yourself up with your medal because you're an idiot like you can't just give up on the people and then say well i care about you i just want to end the coronavirus that's not the there's nothing there that that makes me want you to be to have you around me anymore. Yep, that that's a fact. <laughs> that is just <laughs> so uh, finishing the quote here. Uh, it Sorry. means we need to. <laughs> no, no, don't be. It's great. This is from the Prime Minister of Australia. Delta has been called a game changer, and it is. Arden says it means we need to again go hard and early. 
to stop the spread. We have seen what can happen elsewhere if we fail to get on top of it. We only get one chance. That's false. Uh, nope. None of Yoko, you only get one chance. Yoko, you only get one chance. So here is an image that I snatched off of Google about 10 minutes before we went live. This is not mine. I didn't make it. This is somebody else's, and it is very applicable. There you go. All so the, the green. green. Spread out. <laughs> Move to the green. the green. That's math right there. <clears throat> that's numbers. That's math for everyone at 2C. And whoever made this graphic says, nobody lives here. All of the All green is where nobody lives. 80%. <laughs> 80%. Eighty percent Australia, maybe worse. They're just it's living along close. the coast. I let's just. I, I don't blame you for wanting to live on the coast and having those sick, sick waves. I like. I'm all for it. Right, surfing is a huge <laughs> thing in the culture. I'm all for it. But you've got like that town right smack dab in the center. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a little bitty dot right there. But all the other math is over here. There's mm. where the numbers are. Yeah. yeah. Just so it's not applicable. Don't listen to it. If you want to listen to anything about Australia has to say, go listen to the gun control. Now that the police and military is roaming the streets because nobody's armed. That's a math fact. Well, there's so some- here's a common misnomer about Australia that I've learned. Um, so yes, they had their buyback and they had all this other stuff. They actually have more guns in Australia now than before they had their buyback. Um, right. They, so they're they're armed once again. It's just they don't ever pull them out. I it's it's a cultural thing there of like, yeah. Right, we'll get into Australian politics in another day and culture yeah, in another yeah. day. But clearly, we just don't know about it. It's the country north of China. Yeah, yeah, we don't know about <laughs> it at all. We are, that is, yeah. Nobody oh. lives here. That's <laughs> New Zealand, like their entire country down with one case of COVID. There's Australia doing the same thing. And I would like to proudly say that these numbers and math were brought to you by one of the greatest philosophical orators of our generation. Little Wayne, numbers don't lie. Thank you, Little Wayne. No, they don't. Not when they're accurate. So that math segment was brought to you by Little Wayne. Again, phenomenal philosophical orator, as you can clearly see right there. Uh, Hey, Eskimo, what are your feelings on Lil Wayne? Oh, he's the greatest songbird of our generation. That's probably debatable, but you're entitled to your opinion. (coughs) In other news, Washington football team decided they came down to the last few names of what they wanted to call themselves, and they're all terrible. Just stay with Washington football team. Washington Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves. So we go... Warmonger, 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 pink hogs, and reddish wolves. I don't know who's running the PR department at the Washington football organization. The Washington Redskins is what they're formerly known as because apparently that was offensive. Um, Super racist. Fire them. This is my, my toddler could come up with better football names than this. All of these are abhorrent. 
And out of this list, they've narrowed it down to three that they haven't talked about yet. So they went from this list. Nope, let me back up. They went from Washington Redskins to this list to say, hmm, yeah, we're good with this list. We'll narrow it down to three. Oh, my God. Fire your PR person. They're all terrible. Just a Washington football team. Matter of fact, you're a terrible football organization anyway. Just secede. That's the thing I, I, now, right? I want to see the Washington presidents <laughs> and then just see like them come out in wheelchairs one day. Like, come out and... (laughs) (laughs) Secret Service is just escorting them. Like, you can't hit these players. Don't touch them. Like, I want want the full rendition of it. Like, these are presidents of the United States. Like, you go to, like, sack the quarterback and Secret Service tackles you and just, like, beat you up. (laughs) Like, I want this. That would be a great 12-minute cartoon. South Park, I hope you're listening. Which I've got some South Park material coming up soon. I imagine they're going to be covering that. What an atrocious list of names. Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, and Red Wolves. For some reason, they decided they wanted to keep the term red and not the term skins. As apparently, I got that ass backwards. It was red to the skins that was apparently offensive, not actual skins. They need to just keep it Washington football team because yes. how stupid they are. <laughs> like for real. Like just, just we've got Cleveland Browns. What does Brown stand for? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Washington football team. All right, you you, you represent kind of the, the, the arguably like one of the worst parts of the country, and so you, you don't get a good team. Not anymore. the worst. Sorry. You don't get to be. You don't get to be the Titans. You don't get to be the Aints. You you don't get to be the what? Oh, wow. oh. This one? oh, 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 oh! You talking talking to Nolik? The, the world, world, <laughs> you talking about the World Championship Saints? No, that's cute. Anyway, Hall of Fame quarterback, <sighs> top three greatest quarterback of all time. Moving on. Top, oh, <laughs> by the way, top three uh, Super Bowl champion. Greatest stat leader of all time in Drew Brees at the quarterback position. Not arguable. That's that's direct math. Thank you for that math, little Wayne. Numbers don't Numbers lie. Numbers don't lie. Boom. Synced it. That was beautiful. <laughs> On to Afghanistan papers, which everybody wants to hear about. And we are at an hour. Perfect. Perfect. So, as we've uh, been seeing in the news uh, the last week or so, um afghanistan has made its way back into being uh something that's driven a lot of us to have conversations around it whether you're republican democrat or of course as you guys are here libertarian uh, we all have our views and everything else and what i've noticed personally and what i've been grateful when people have been bringing this back up is the conversation around the afghanistan papers if you guys miss this don't worry you're like a lot of people this was brought out and quiet. It was brought forth by the mainstream media itself. The Washington Post um, had to fight in a three-year legal battle in order to get a little over 2,000, I think it was like 2,110 pages of quote-unquote lessons learned in which the government actually did some documentation over what we've been doing in Afghanistan at that point for the last 18 years to be able to learn the lessons of it. So, so when we get into another country and we continually say that we're not going to nation build and then we start nation building, um, how to actually handle that and, and to 
do this a little more efficiently, a little more effectively, and a little more cost of being a little more uh, effective with the cost. Because what we've seen is over two trillion dollars be spent in Afghanistan in twenty years. What we've seen is is well over a hundred thousand deaths in Afghanistan. Whether that is the Afghani military, the security forces, whether that is U.S. troops, whether that is U.S. contractors, or just civilians, or and of course the terrorists, um, as we've labeled them. So this giant 2,000-page document finally got released back in 2019, and it was never talked about. It was never pushed. It was never never something that like really garnered a lot of attention, and it needed to be. Because what we learned from the Afghanistan papers, and you guys are going to hear more about this, is that the government had no idea what they were doing there. But what they did know was what they were doing was not helping the cause. And so if you if you are sitting in a situation, if you're sitting in a circumstance where you have nothing in front of you to say that's where we need to go, but all you were doing is leaving death and destruction in your wake, it might be a good idea to pull out. Now, we had a President Obama talking about how we're going to pull out 10,000 troops and we're going to leave a small group there just to be able to keep things going, keep the training going with Afghanistan. Um, he clearly did not. We had President Trump. He did pull out some troops and they moved them around in the Middle East. We've seen some shuffling of troops, if you will. Saw so President Trump come in. He said, I'm going to end the troops there in Afghanistan. And... It ramped back up to 13,000 troops, so we still had a good amount of troops there. Um, so we clearly didn't end it there. And now we had Joe Biden that was just like, we're going to pull them all out. <laughs> and 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 so I'm not saying like there's a good way to do this. And I'm not saying that Joe Biden in any way did it the right way, right? First, you want to get your equipment out. First, you want to get your troops out. First, you want to get the Americans out. And then you want to see if there's people that you want to take out and be able to see that are going to seek refuge because they're going to be murdered by the Taliban. We know this. We, they're going to be murdered by other entities. There's going to be a giant civil war. Um, there's, there's opportunities there for us as a country to be able to provide some support. And it doesn't mean that we have to give them like a heavy amount of, of social safety nets or et cetera. Like we don't have to fund them in any major way. Um, but there's, there's, there's basic things that should have been done there by Joe Biden and, and by his administration, they failed on that. So they pulled out and this has caused everybody across the spectrum to go just absolutely insane. And so this documents, these documents are still up on the Washington Post. If you get stuck behind a paywall, let me know. I will be more than happy to provide that for you. I don't believe in, in the necessity of, of an organization that has the quote of their 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 slogan is democracy dies in darkness but we'll only shed light on you if you pay us a mm. pay us a, a sum of money mm. um so i i'm willing to openly say this i might get my account banned for that uh, good luck finding it but um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is is that this these are incredible documents and so i want to read some of you guys some of these some of these quotes from this, these are these are officials. These are government officials that are sitting around here that are believing that they're saying these things in secret, that they're never going to be released to the public. This required the Washington Post, after getting some information, um, to file for a Freedom of Information Act. 
request, right? A FOIA request. And this is this is just as it sounds, right? This is one law that actually follows through with, with the intentions of its meaning, where you ask for information and you have the freedom as a taxpayer or as a, as a person um, to be able to to sue to have information be given to you. And so they use the, the FOIA in order to, to collect this information. And one of the biggest things is that these interviews reveal that there was no consensus on the war's objectives, let alone how to end the conflict. So if you have no end goal there, um, we're going to have a lot of issues. Um, and of course, as, as, as we discuss this, I, I, I know I'm dominating a little bit here. Cajun, if you want to hop in at any moment, feel free to do so. I've got, I've got a good bit of information here, but uh, you're always more than welcome. And I'll try to keep keep an eye on the chat as well. If you guys have any questions or any, want me to go back and cover it at all, you guys will also more than welcome to hop onto the podcast. Any of your favorite podcast apps, you guys can come back and watch this show again. And of course, if you're watching this live, it'll be back up in a minute at, shortly after we end and you can go back and see it again. Um, but so how many different ways can we lie about what's going on in Afghanistan? Well, the government tried literally every one of them. Um, they lied to us to give us comfort, right? We've seen a, a very common trend of bad situations where government says, hey, look, it's not that bad. If we can use the coronavirus, right? Trump said that, you know, just magically coronavirus is going to disappear. Um, and, and that it was just a, a weapon to be used against him, right? And there's still many people out there that believe this, that it was just purely for political aim that this virus was created in Wuhan, China, and was used as a means to get President Trump out of office. And, and it just went awry, which is why it's still here. Right? Okay, that's really far-fetched. But if that's your belief, whatever. Point is, is that President Trump said, look, it's not that big of a deal. You're going to get it. You're going to be fine. Yes, a lot of people will. But there's still some precautions that should be taken. It's not just a matter of we're going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone. Um, we've seen we've seen lies around a lot of the circumstances. But what they did here was several of those interviews described explicit and sustained efforts by the U.S. government to deliberately mislead the public. They said it was common at military headquarters in Kabul um, and at the White House to distort statistics to make it appear the United States was winning the war when it was not the case. Every data point was altered to present the best picture possible. Uh, Bob Caldwell, an Army colonel who served as a senior counterinsurgency advisor to the U.S. military commanders in 2013 and 2014, told government interviewers. Surveys, for instance, were totally unreliable, but reinforced that everything we're doing was right and that we became a self-licking ice cream cone. Hmm. That's a great analogy. John Sopko, the head of the federal agency that conducted the interviews, acknowledged to the Post that the documents show the American people have constantly been lied to. What we hear from government officials, right, is that we're turning a corner, we're making progress, we're growing on, on our efforts, and we're, we're finding success, right? We're killing the terrorists, right? When, a, when, a, when terrorists come and they attack, right? I'm sure many of us have seen throughout the years of, of watching the news and, and seeing the topic of Afghanistan come up, right? When, when Afghanistan, when, when there's a terrorist attack against the U.S. military or against the, the people of Afghanistan, of afghanistan right their their military their security or whoever right there's always an excuse around it right oh this one was a sloppy kill this was a sloppy attack because they're just becoming um 
they're becoming frantic or they're becoming panicked and and radical and and so that's why they did this right they're 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 on the they're they're on their heels right now they're up against the the ropes um we've got them now right we've seen where you know they're just like oh well you know this was the reason that was the reason no the reason was was that they're still a strong force in the region they've been a force in the region the entire time we just continue to change up the facts and change up the story, change up the narrative in order to make it look like America was doing a lot better than what it was. This has been going on for 20 years. We've known that it has not been going our way for 20 years. There was, there was quotes at six months after invading into Afghanistan, after invading into Iraq, that we were like, man, we don't have a clear objective here. What are we actually going to do? How are we going to have an exit strategy? So we, we could probably spin, and we probably should. We probably should do like a, a three-month series on the Afghanistan papers yeah. because it would require three months of episodes for us to, to flesh everything out. But it's funny going back because uh, this is the way our media works, our politicians work. They repeatedly said, and, and I heard a lot of the clips, going through over and over and over and over again. We're turning the corner. We're turning 20 years of we're turning the corner. They habitually yeah. fed us lies on what was actually going on in Afghanistan. I hope I'm not stepping on your toes here, but no, look, the Afghanistan is, I heard this referenced uh, earlier. This was like yesterday. I think Afghanistan is like the, the, the Bermuda triangle of empires. Right, yes. like everybody that goes into that country fails. There's a huge reason for that because geopolitically and geographically, that is an unsuccessful territory to try to obtain, regardless of your military stance. And we've seen that the United States has the greatest military the world has ever seen, and we still couldn't do the job because you're dealing with people that don't even have roads, they don't have bridges, they're all goat paths and buried in the wilderness. This is an yep. impossible feat. They knew that. They still continued to try to spin it as if we were ever winning the war, and we were never winning this war. Yeah. No, absolutely. The infrastructure there has been broken, right? Um, if you guys go and dive into this, there was a, a man, um, Crocker, uh, Barry Crocker, I think it was. Um, but he was one of the first guys to come into the area, into Afghanistan, and and he highlights on the issues around Afghanistan. Now, after 1979, when um, when Russia left, Soviet Russia, when they left or kicked out of Afghanistan, um, we left, right? We were not there anymore. So from 1979 to 2001, we have no idea what was going on in Afghanistan. We had no idea of the culture of what was going on there. We didn't know that corruption was literally at every single level of society. We didn't know how the networking worked. We didn't have people that would speak Darcy. We didn't have people that would speak... Um, uh, uh, I, I don't want to butcher it. It starts with a P and I forgot the language, but there's yeah, two major too. languages there. Um, Pashto. There we go. Um, which side story. I used to actually work in, in on Fairbanks 
or uh, for Wainwright, Alaska, I actually worked with a company that was creating translators back in 2000, uh, 2007, 2008. I actually worked on building hand or like little translators that went on your belt and it worked on Posh 2 and, and Darcy. So, I mean, it was really cool to, to see those names pop up again. But um, so we didn't know the language. We didn't have any means of, of having connections um, for networking purposes, for gathering intel so we basically went into this giant corrupt area and was like hopefully you guys will work with us because we're america we're here to like help you and free you and all that stuff didn't happen right we were taken advantage of at every twist and every turn um i mean the interpreters um they were taking money from us they were they were gouging the americans and being like oh you know they became large profiteers from this endeavor um we were working with corrupt warlords warlords in the area in order to go after other warlords to go after other terrorist groups so we were literally pitting the bad guys against bad guys and and like just paying them money and we've talked about this when we talk about a lot of our foreign entanglements that we help the bad guys and then those bad guys after they receive money from us after they receive weapons after they receive armaments after they receive the munitions after they receive the the vittles after they receive all of these supplies and goods and tech and everything else they then turn on us so we've been doing this for 20 years in the region there are some of the worst people in Afghanistan that we were partnering with because we wanted to go after this other terrible person. Yep. So we we had no idea what the hell we were doing from the very beginning. And as I said, right, we went in and George Bush was like, we are not nation building. And then he left office and Obama came in. And he said, we are not nation building. And he left office and Trump went in. And he said, we are not nation building. We were nation building the whole damn time. Whole time. Whole time. We were we were destroying schools. We were destroying buildings. We were destroying roads. They were destroying buildings. They were destroying schools. They were destroying the roads. And then we went along and built them back up just to have another war there 15 days later. We continue to do this. And we, we said, well, as long as we have the right intentions, as long as we have good intentions, we'll come out on top. And as, as you were talking about a second ago, this is the Bermuda Triangle. There has never been an empire, right? Even going back to the Romans, they could not conquer in Afghanistan. This is not a place you want to go to. For whatever reason, if you are a religious person, if you're a theocratic person, your God is telling you not to go to Afghanistan. So if you want to support our troops, maybe don't support the way Joe Biden pulled out, but you got to support the pullout. You gotta save our people. Yeah, that that's super important. Uh, the, uh, I, I've said this repeatedly. I will continue to say it. The pullout was absolutely necessary. The pullout is absolutely the right thing that should have been a long time ago. The way we did it was absolutely atrocious. And everything that I'm hearing from top to bottom was that mm -hmm. Biden absolutely knew exactly what would happen. If he did it this way, he did not listen. You even have liberal media right now going at the Biden admin for the way that it was pulled out because it was wrong. It was terrible. It was absolutely atrocious. Is that the right thing to do? Pull out of Afghanistan. Yes. Should have done a long time ago because no, we're not supposed to be in the business of nation building. Do you just abandon everything 
No. No. Yeah. Yeah, just leave American troops there. Just leave the equipment there. Just just pull out some planes. See if you can drag some Afghan people uh from the from the sides and from the wheel wells of those and and just just pull out and and everything will be fine um and then i i wish i would have thought of it uh, pull up the um the interview recently uh with george wallace president yes. joe biden sat down with george wallace and goes uh george wallace was like well you had people hanging off the ends of planes and and falling off and he was like man that was like four or five days ago yeah that's the that is the end all arguments, right? You can't beat that anymore. That was four or five days ago. Why are you talking about this, man? News cycles on a on a thirty six hours at most, and you're yep. talking about something that was like three news cycles ago. Like, come on, bro. Yep, like at this yep. point, what matter? What difference does it make? Yeah, I, actually, <laughs> I, I actually tweeted about it, and I was listening to it go. I listened to it many times over, right? Uh, and it was like, holy crap. This has some serious Hillary and Benghazi vibes to it. Like, that was four or five days ago. What are you talking about? And dude says, you don't think there was anything we could have done? We could have done better. Biden says, no. Wait, what? There was yeah. nothing we could have done. Look, right now, no, nope, I'm not going to say that. I want to go into that later. Anyway, between between Benghazi, between Afghanistan, between Iraq, between Yemen, where, you know, um, just in case we have any big Trump supporters in the room, I want to say, like, President Trump supported genocide. In Yemen, we've had a, an attempted genocide by Saudi Arabia since 2014. This started under Obama, where he expedited uh, arms deals with with uh, Lockheed Martin and all of them to send missiles, to send intelligence, to send military members, to send uh, military equipment, to help Saudi Arabia blow the fuck out of the Yemen. And so we've had I, I, well over 100,000 children killed in Yemen. Um, we have a population that's starving, that doesn't have medical support, that doesn't have water, that doesn't have the ability to sustain itself. Um, and it finally came up to Congress, right? <laughs> who's never had a say on this in any way, shape, or form, and without going to the constitutionality of uh, Congress has the power of presidents don't to declare war, um, they came together with a bipartisan resolution to pull us out of, of supporting the genocide going on by Saudi Arabia in Yemen. And President Trump vetoed it, citing that we are making too much money off of these arms deals with Saudi Arabia. So... We've had this issue where presidents are just willing to justify bad actions um, because either A, it's profitable, which really shows the military complex that we have, or B, because they're like, well, we need to have clear, objectionable reasons to get out. And so as much as I hate the way Joe Biden got out, and, and as terrible as it is, I... I I'm going to receive some flack for this and I'm going to, ex I, I completely accept it. I would rather us pull out the way that Joe Biden did than to not pull out and continue on down this, this path because it, it's, it's putting good Americans at risk for a cause that we have no fucking clue about that. We have no idea about being there for 20 years. We were the blind leading the blind. 
and and it shows when we talk about the training that was going on there. Um, when we were training military people, or when we were training the civilians to become military, to become security forces, right? We didn't know about the culture to be able to give them good skills or good uh, tactics to be able to handle this. But we also knew that we did not put it as an early enough priority there. Um, So the numbers weren't high enough. So there wasn't a good vetting system. Maybe they were vetting it too much, but, but regardless, there wasn't enough people there early on. And so that wasn't looking good enough in the media. So they ramped up the recruitment efforts and there was also some corruption where officers of the Afghani side were claiming that people were there that weren't there so that they could pocket more money, so they can get more funding, so they can get more resources, so they can get more supplies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we knew that we were not only um, training people who had no desires, right? No desire that after this training, they were just going to take their equipment and go home. They had no intention on ever fighting for their country, fighting for their safety, fighting for their freedom, fighting against the, the, the groups that we've deemed to be the worst. But then we also were training people within those groups that we, we thought were the worst, right? We were training actual terrorists because we were like, well, we basically just need butts and seats and we need to teach people. And so, there was a lot of fraud, waste, and abuse. There was a lot of people there being trained that were planning on coming back and killing American soldiers, killing the uh, Afghani military. They were sending rats in like crazy. So we had no fucking clue of anything going on in Afghanistan. And and so for me, like, I'm just, I, I, I feel terrible saying it, but I would rather pull out just fucking terribly rather than stick around and give it another 20 years. So to that point, I will say this. I will offer a different perspective. This isn't a binary option, but if we have to go with the two, then yes, I would rather pull out and figure it out with it. You know, instead of being there another 20 years. Yes. But there is, there, there was not a binary option here. There were many layered options to which this administration could have taken. And I posted a, a meme that I stole from somebody and I had flack in the comments talking about, you're making this political, right? It was the Afghan or the, I'm sorry, it was the Taliban guy standing next to the Apache helicopter and somebody had photoshopped a riding with Biden flag on there. And like, oh, you don't think that Trump would have done the same thing? Well, Trump wasn't, he was president for four years. He didn't do that. Not justifying his reasons. I'm saying he had four years to do the exact same maneuver. He didn't do it. There's a right way to handle this. This was not the right way. The way that Trump did it wasn't the right way. The way Obama did it wasn't the right way. The way that Bush did it wasn't the right way. None of it was done effectively. And I think what you and I should do is go into that series now that we talk about it even more because there's so much to flesh out of these Afghanistan papers. And whether or not... Whatever your feelings are on Michael Flynn, uh, oh the dude God. in the Afghanistan papers was spot on. He was there. He, he, he was right on. I earned so much respect going back through and, and listening to what Michael Flynn was adding on that. It, w- it was absolutely incredible. And and before I, before I continue on with the Michael Flynn stuff, I, and I realize we got to wrap it up here, to, here in a couple of minutes, but um, Trump did have a plan to pull out. And Trump never pulled the cord to get to start that movement. He had contingencies put in place that like basically saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to pull out. And if you guys 
don't follow these things, right? We're going to come right back. And, and the, of course the issue is, is that you can't ever expect that that's going to follow through, right? We've, we've known people in the region um, who you give them an inch and they take a mile. Right. And, and certainly when you have a, an organization that we've deemed to be a terrorist organization in this way, right. They're going to push those limits. They're going to bring the troops back in. And, and, and so it, there's, as you said, there's no clear cut way to really handle this. And it's just all about finding um, a right way. Um, it, we got to find the best way possible. Was this it? No, of course not. There's a way that we could have handled a lot of that stuff. As we talked about pulling more of our things out before you pull out, um, not doing this with like a, a three month expectancy of in three months, we're going to have everybody out. So hold your hold your bunkers for three months and then uh see you guys three months in one day as you guys take over the country and in a matter of two weeks as you guys show that the last 20 years of our efforts can be upended in two weeks yeah lily benton on um youtube says i don't believe there was ever going to be a right way but definitely a better way yeah. and that is absolute fact uh, I, the Obama administration, the Trump administration, both saw that this maneuver would end in absolute chaos. And from according to every news site that I've heard and read, they all say the same thing. Uh, this is one thing that Americans are going to predominantly agree on, that we wanted to get out of Afghanistan, but we didn't want to do it like this. And so mm -hmm. for the P I thought that comment was pretty funny in my comment section. Uh, well, y'all are trying to make it a political situation. Trump really did the same thing. He was just a fat orange imbecile. Like a lot of that's, you know, yeah. whatever. But the fact of the matter is he didn't, neither did Obama. So was it political? Yes. Was it bipartisan? No, it wasn't. No. The Democrats said it was wrong. The Republicans said it was wrong. Joe Biden did this under his own accord on his own. Yeah, accord. he did this to make whatever statement that he wanted to make in his incoherent lack of sleep and probably too much inshore and gogurt at one point and decided, you know what, F everybody and what they say, I'm going to do what I want. I have a feeling that he's kind of being tired of being controlled as a puppet because that's what he is. And he said, no, I'm the president. I'm going to do and say what I want to do. And he did this and it was absolutely effing horrible. I, I want to make this political real quick. So, uh, right. yeah, no, absolutely. So Joe Biden did this. Why did Joe Biden do this? Because Joe Biden doesn't care because Joe Biden doesn't have the cognitive ability to understand what he's doing most days, right? He has an idea and he runs with it. And so when Joe Biden wants to do something, he does it. And, and it doesn't matter because he's not going to get the political blowback because he is geriatric, because he is senile, because he is doesn't have a cognitive gears that's actually meshing with another one. They're just all spinning freely in there. <laughs> um however they want and so as a result of this right joe biden gets to do what joe biden wants to and people don't get a hold of it against it because we have a society right now that is structured around like if you have a disability we have to like put you up on a pedestal and certainly being an, a, an absolute imbecile with no without a cognitive ability without being able to structure a sentence um properly um go watch any of his interviews recently oh my god any of but, them if you have somebody like that, you don't get to criticize him with merit, right? It's it's just because you hate him. No, no, I, I, I 
genuinely hate what he is doing. I don't care about the guy at all, right? I don't find him favorable. Right. I don't find him disfavorable. If he was a guy next door to me, I would I would help him. I would cut his grass for him. I would help take care of him. But him as the president of the United States, there needs to be some accountability. And there isn't any because it, we live in a society right now where it's all about the whataboutism, right? Well, what about Trump? Trump's a bad guy too. Yeah, I agree. Trump's a bad guy. I agree with you. I don't care. If Trump lived next door to me, I would probably cut his grass too. I, I, I don't care. There are terrible people, right? I, we already went after Trump for fucking supporting a genocide. And you want to play the whataboutism game with Trump? No, no, stop that. You, you, you don't get to play the whataboutism game. Exactly. We're talking about two people that are making terrible decisions for an entire country. This is why, like... This is one of the things that like stands out to me whenever we look at presidential campaigns, whenever we look at the presidential candidates, because the anti-war candidate has been winning. When you when we saw Obama, Obama okay. said, look, we're going to make change and we're going to end these wars. Right. We're going to pull out of Afghanistan. And he said we pulled out of Afghanistan four times as president of the United States. He ran on it the first term. And then on the second term, he's like, all right, elect me back and we're going to finish out in Afghanistan, we're going to pull out. That didn't happen. Then Trump comes along and Trump's like, guys, guys, I'm going to pull this out. And then Trump, guess what? No, he vetoes a fucking genocide. Then Biden comes through. He's like, I like ice cream. And people are like, it's not Trump. Let's go for him. <laughs> so, so if you, if you, if you want to go political with it, yes. The Democratic Party is terrible. Yes, the Republican Party is terrible. That's why we should be voting for actual anti-war people, people who are going to have some some gears hitting, some gears that are meshing, some gears that are actually functioning, and then we'll actually have policies that are actually going to better the lives of the American people, better the situations uh, uh, abroad, and actually be able to pull us out of all of these endless wars and actually save the people money and put us off into a perspective and, and on a trajectory trajectory holy smokes into a trajectory of, of prosperity and success and potentials being met yeah uh, uh, let me get this, political <laughs> at this point let, let me ask anybody who isn't libertarian what's the worst that could happen look at where we're at right now you've had let's look at the average American voter, which at this point, if you're over the age of 40, don't get mad. The average person, the average demographic that runs America are millennials. I'm a millennial. Jason's a millennial. I'm 38. Just turned 38. I'm a geriatric millennial, but I am a millennial. That's <laughs> That'd be a wheelchair millennial. That'd be a wheelchair millennial. I'm kidding. But we run the country right now. So these topics, these messages need to be promoted and billboarded because we are in dire straits. There's make, make no bones about it. We are in a bad spot. I know that we're, there's a lot of people who are like, well, we've been in a bad spot for a long time. When's the last time you really saw us in this bad of a spot? All right, we got uh, governors and mayors shutting entire cities down requiring va vaccine passports, uh, papers, please. Are you kidding me? You got 
the Afghanistan country as a the whole. US, the USSR collapsed two years after pulling out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Bermuda 2023? Triangle. <laughs> 2023? <laughs> if we make it that long, we'll see. We'll see if yeah. we make it that long. There's a there's a lot to be covered in, in this there's specific the, topic. The pending economic crash that will make 2008 2007 housing market crash look easy. Put that on there. The Afghanistan Bermuda Triangle theory. You've got uh, just the potential of like just world decimation from like all these stupid people running all these countries. Yep. You have major catastrophic world economies collapsing because of COVID and shutting down their entire economy because they want to yep. be laser targeted. And then, of course, you still have Republicans and Democrats running the country. Yep. Both. Stop. Vote <laughs> for the same crap that you have habitually watched destroy our country for a century. Where are we at? 2021. Over a century. At least a century, right? I, I, I try to be generous, right? Like, at least a century. And here we are. Stop it. Stop it. Don't don't do this anymore. Evaluate. Yeah, yeah. Knocked it off. How do you feel, Eskimo? <laughs> astute and uh, astute analysis, Eskimo, on the Afghanistan papers. Appreciate your input there, uh, Eskimo. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. How uh, I've seen the meme so many times. How long does it? How bad does it have to get before we re? before we evaluate other options, there are other options. The fear of, Oh my God, the other person might win should be absolutely decimated at this point because you watch the same habitual pattern play out from every administration for the last hundred years. There'd be a minuscule difference here, a minuscule difference there. They just preach philosophy, but they vote and they walk and act and talk the same way. Yep. Absolutely. It's semantics. It's semantics between the two parties. And if you want change, the only change is coming through is when you have a party that won over 50% of the candidates they ran in 2020. And that is the Libertarian Party. So go ahead and look into the Libertarian Party, figure out why it is that we want to see change, see how we want to see change. And then with these policies, with these actions that we're pushing forward with, how that is going to better your life, how that is going to better your neighbor's life, how that is going to work to end monopolies, how that is going to make healthcare more affordable, more accessible, and bring more satisfaction, yep. how how we're going to look at the criminal justice system and stop locking people up for victimless crimes and create more of a rehabilitative system where people aren't just sitting in timeout for several years, getting indoctrinated into the culture there, but rather people are being worked with to be able to understand why the crimes that they were committing, why those are bad and how to get through it to where they're not committing those again. So that when they do enter reenter society at the 70% rate that most people do, um, how they're going to be a productive member of society rather than coming out and potentially being a menace and being a part of the 60% of recidivism rate and going back in. So if we can stop crime by changing up the system, 
come and actually listen to libertarians as we talk about these issues, as we talk about these topics, where we want to propel your life and everyone else's lives forward and better and, and really enable you to get to your potential. That's beautifully and most eloquently <laughs> said. Do you want to do the last ad read, Jason? I'll let you take it. You let me I take don't, it? I don't, I don't I break think Jason train. wants to do it. I think Jason Which, wants to do it. I guess Jason's not going to do it. We'll let, we'll let Eskimo. Eskimo, tell us about Jonathan Reels. Great ad read, Eskimo. I'll do it. Jonathan Reels is not a real candidate until we reach $5,000. This graphic is not accurate. He is almost to his goal. He needs your help. The Federal Election Commission. Oh, there's another one. If you are a Republican or Democrat and don't know about ballot access, that is something that you should look into. If yes. you care at all about the word and the actions of discrimination, mainly Democrats looking at you, then you care about equal and fair ballot Access. Jonathan Reels is not a real candidate until we reach $5,000. The Federal Election Commission states that an individual running for a seat in the United States House of Representatives becomes a candidate when he or she raises or spends more than five grand in contributions or expenditures. www.jonathancash. Jonathan Reels. Donate to Jonathan Cash. Now, it's sufficient and worthy to say that Republicans and Democrats collude in court. You didn't think that was yes. going to happen, did you, people? But they do. Why? Because they're scared of us. Why? Because the vast majority of the American people agree with the libertarian philosophy. So they yep. get together and they spend money together in court to discriminate against third party candidates like Jonathan Reels. So go support Jonathan Reels and get the message out there that everyone deserves. I don't care what party you're part of, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, Constitutionalist, or whatever other party that you may closely align with, your vote, your name deserves to be on the ballot. You should not have to spend money that other parties don't have to spend or collect signatures that they don't have to collect just to be on the ballot. That's discrimination. Yep. Yep. No, and it happens every year. As every candidate, as as the Libertarian Party had all 50 states with a presidential candidate on them, um, many of these states came back and said, we're going to make the barrier a little bit higher. Because as you get closer to success, we're going to raise the barrier for you to achieve that same success. Facts. We're going to make it more difficult for you at the federal level or at the state level or at the county level or even at the city level to be able to run again. Here in South Carolina, we just – I'm pretty sure it was pretty close to doubling the number of signatures to get to be on the ballot. And it's just like, man, yep. 
you guys you guys are protecting something it's kind of interesting that you guys only want the fights between republicans and democrats meanwhile both parties talk about how they want to have free and fair elections right you want to you don't want to discriminate against the voters and we don't want to either so let the voters have an opinion let them have a vote and that means that anybody who's running for that seat should be able to run for those seats so that the people can vote for somebody that they believe in rather than being stuck in the two-party system. And of course, the Republicans are worried about their votes not counting because, you know, voter fraud is, is one of their big talking points. Well, it's yeah. kind of fraudulent when my opinion of who should be on the ballot is being negated because of the laws that you've decided to implement that don't actually affect you, but just parties outside of the the duopoly the the republicrat party so eventually we have to break down these barriers and allow for our republic or dem, uh democracy however you want to call it for them to actually be representative of the people and we could do things like what what maine has done and have ranked voting to where we can truly see how many people are willing to vote republic or vote libertarian to vote green party to vote for constitution party to vote for uh the rent is too damn high party to vote for whatever party that they want to because they can still vote for your republicrat parties after they vote for the party that they actually believe in facts uh here's another fun fact for you i say this one a lot because it bears repeating all the time in the state of Tennessee, if you want to run on the ballot as a Republican or Democratic, takes 25 signatures. Pretty good. Pretty hmm. good. Not sure why the signatures are a requisite, but not bad. Not bad. Libertarian candidates. Jason, do you know what it takes in the state of Tennessee to run as a Libertarian to get on the ballot while Republicans and Democrats need 25 signatures? judging by a population of like nashville probably right, right around 20,000 25,000 56,000 fuck <laughs> 25 for republican and democrat over 56,000 over well, I'll be generous just to make sure that my math isn't completely correct over 50,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Everybody loves math. I know they do. I hate math. I'm just kind of good at it, but I still am pretty good at it. You know who else is good at math? The very Socratic orator and philosophical generation of our time. Well, Wayne, numbers don't lie. <laughs> Philosopher. Philosophiker. Doesn't matter. 56,000. Pretty sure I'm right on that. Uh, just trying to be, just trying to see why I cover my ass. Uh, 25 for Republicans and Democrats, 25, two, five, five, six with a comma. And then three more zeros after that. Thanks, little Wayne. Love your input. You can get 25 signatures for any candidate standing in front of a Walmart and just, in will you hour. sign this? Yeah. In an hour. Yeah. I am a Republican candidate. 25 signatures. I'm a Democratic candidate. 25 signatures. I'm a Libertarian. 25 signatures. But you have to do that four times to get to 100. <laughs> and then you got to do it 56,000 more times. <laughs> you got to do it 560 more times. If you get 100 signatures, you will have to do that again 560 more times. 
do get on the bat. Man, I hope my math is right. I don't know. I've been working yeah, so was, much overtime and you're good. Einstein, like it's crazy. But um, yeah, it, the, the discrimination is real. That's what blows me. It doesn't blow my mind because these words like discrimination is just what people use to put a political agenda. They don't really care about you being discriminated against. They don't really care at all. They care no, about the only what thing- they can make. They only care about their power and keeping it. That's all. That's all that they care about. Every every representative. I can only think of one representative in the last four years that I saw that. Uh, I can think of two now. I just thought of another one. But two candidates that ran that said, you know what? This is my last campaign. This is my last time running. And so I'm just going balls to the wall. I'm going to tell you guys exactly how I feel. I'm going to fight against the system. One of those happens to be a guy that I don't find very favorable. That was Senator Flake from Arizona. And the other one who I find to be much more principled and uh, actually was the first libertarian to be in office in the House of Representatives. Anyone? I know you know it, Cajun. I'm blanking on it. <laughs> um, I was waiting to see if I thought you were going to make a joke there. Now I'm waiting to see if. Uh, nope. I'm, I'm literally blanking on his face. I, I, I can see his face, but I don't remember his name. But. Wait, wait. Go ahead. Sorry. No, who's uh, who's libertarian? He, Justin Amash. There we Justin go. Amash? Justin Amash. Yeah. So Justin Amash, right? Justin Amash went in and he, he was like, this is my last year. No, no, he was the, he's still the first libertarian representative because he swapped to become a libertarian while while still in office. Um, and so that's why we actually had the first tripartisan. No, it's not the first tripartisan bill. First tripartisan bill with a libertarian on it was to end civil asset forfeiture at the federal level. Got nowhere, absolutely, because he had Justin Moss on it. But um, but nonetheless, he stood up there and he said, look, I'm not fighting to stay in power. I'm not fighting to stay in Congress. I'm fighting here because I made a, a vow to my constituents that I would represent them to the best of my ability. And so that means that I have to stand up here and I have to vote for impeachment because that's that's in my conscience as a representative of my people of my district and he did that he stood up against bills and was routinely fighting against both republican and democrat bills saying this is this is outrageous this is disgusting we've seen some of these things happen from people like thomas massey we've seen things like this come from from uh, rand paul we've seen this come from um even people on the democratic side we've seen this happen from some people who don't find very favorable like uh, alexander ocasio cortez we've seen this from uh, Bernie Sanders. We've seen this from, um, um, nope, forgot that person. Um, <laughs> but we've also yeah. seen it from the moderate side of the Democratic Party as well, where we've seen people step up and they're saying, look, I'm going to stand on my values, my virtues. And, and whether I agree with them or not, I have to applaud them for breaking away from their party. This needs yeah, to be absolutely. done because you cannot say Talk that together. you are representing your people. Tulsi Gabbard, yes, definitely. Um, you are a representative of your people. You are following in your job if you are merely representing your party. It needs to be done. Break away from the norm. This is what needs to happen. Eskimo, what are your opinions? 
Astute analysis, Eskimo. Thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate your valuable input and your presence in the Cajun Libertarian Live studio, which is my kitchen. Jason, closing comments. Uh, I want to thank you for letting me be Eskimo number two today. Uh, as a former <laughs> Alaskan, I felt as if uh, I, I could talk about this. Thankfully, I live in a sunnier state, a happier state, a warmer state. Um, but no, I mean, it's been a hell of a time, man. I appreciate yeah. it so much. It's been it's been a lot of fun busting busting your chops with this and uh, yeah. coming out with some great content, great great talking points. And uh, let me drop the mic there a couple times. But um, I love each and every one of you guys in the comment section, whether you're watching this live or coming back later. Um, please do make sure that you guys come back next Monday. I've got bootleg libertarian. We're going to be talking about my favorite, one of my favorite topics and that happens to be guns. I can't say my favorite because I don't have a favorite. I just have every topic be one of my favorite, but, and then of course we got muddy waters of freedom on Tuesday with Matt and spike Wednesday. We're going to be coming back with uh, spike with my fellow Americans. Always a fantastic show. Thursday, we've got the writer's block with Matt Wright. And then, of course, next Friday is Eskimo going to be back in her igloo. Friday is on hold. I have been invited to a Tennessee event where they are paying my way on Friday. So we will probably do the Eskimo, Cajun Eskimo show that weekend, but it will not be Friday night. So pending. So Probably we'll find a replacement. Me. We'll find a replacement for Cajun on Friday. That will actually um, <laughs> be a better idea. No, 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 no. No. Um, but Jason make sure you guys are following up on Eskimo. Yeah. Eskimo and J- Jason and Eskimo. Jason Eskimo rings better. I'll have show dog. notes. I'll have show notes. Yeah. Yeah, we did the, the current igloo and the former igloo. Hey. <laughs> but That's um, awesome. But no, I love love the show tonight. Appreciate it so much. It was yeah. an absolute honor to be on here with you, man. And uh, I'm so glad that you have joined a part of the Muddy Waters team and look forward to having a show with with Nolik one day to be able to to welcome her in as well. And did I beat mm. have you been on with Spike yet? Or did I beat Spike to to being on with you? Spike has been on my show. He came on my show Memorial Day in May. This is bullshit. <laughs> I thought you, I'm glad I got you because I thought you were going to ask if I had been on with Spike on My Fellow Americans. I have not been on with Spike. I'm pretty sure that that's not going to be a thing. I, I don't know That's like a why. 10-year wait list right now. So just... just. Uh, <laughs> there's no point in having me on his show because everybody that watches his show... Oof, that was going to sound real bad. I should probably stop there. So, yeah, I was just gonna Everyone say, is great who watches Spike Cohen's show, <laughs> My Fellow Americans, Wednesday nights at eight ish yeah, freedom time. That's great. That's great. <laughs> so um, I got I got to ask you before we head out, who has the better beer, Jason? Me or you? Oh, me all. Ah, oh, bad answer. I have the power, young Luke Sky license. So let's ask Eskimo instead. Who has a better beard? Eskimo. Thanks, Eskimo. I know I have the better beard. Thank you, everyone, tonight for tuning in and watching the show. We love y'all so much. We will continue this endeavor very much so. Um, if you have not checked out Mr. America, the Bearded Truth on Mondays, Muddy Waters Media, please do so. I look up to that guy tremendously, and I hope to God that you do too. And you saw tonight. One reason why, many reasons why, 
Uh, he inspires me to do better at this job. That's one of the biggest reasons. He is one of the biggest reasons. You have seen a jump in my show and my show's numbers because I am doing better at the show. Why am I doing better at the show? Because of people like Jason Lyon, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, Spike Cohen, my fellow Americans, Matt Wright, the Writer's Block, Nolik Trump, Eskimo Libertarian, and... um yeah, that, that's just what it is. I am learning from these people who are doing this vastly more better, even though I have the better beard. And Eskimo said it. What was that? Yes, you are correct. I do have the better beard. Thank you. I love each and every one of y'all. We will see y'all Sunday night, or I will see you on my personal show, The Cajun Libertarian Live, Sunday night for the reschedule of the premiere of the Liz Terwilliger for Congress interview which due to bad weather we had to reschedule this week so sunday night at 8 30 p.m central standard time free to time on the cage libertarian live and you know what that means same cage of time same cage of channel other than that please keep up with muddy waters media give them a follow uh follow them on twitter instagram float everywhere you can possibly imagine that you can follow muddy waters media do that do the thing because we have all the best people, excluding myself. I am the least best. That is honest. That's for real. But what I can brag about myself on is I am learning from these people that are doing vastly greater things and more knowledgeable and more prepared. And I am here for it. Thank you. I love each and every one of you so much. And we need you. We need your voice. We need your help. Don't forget, $5 raffle tickets. Go to the Cajun Libertarian page, pinned to the top. $5, you can get this hat. That will be worth absolutely nothing tomorrow. But according to Mr. Merka, the Bearded Truth, will be worth literally, he said this, literally tens of thousands of dollars by the end of next week. So make your purchase now for a $5 raffle ticket and get the hat from Cajun Libertarian and help out a family who's trying to fight for children because that's what we do that's what we do we fight for kids we fight for the helpless that's what we're here for so make your five dollar buy your rabbit you can buy up to five you can spend a whopping 25 bucks so instead of going and ordering uh, an entire meals worth of fast food for your family you can cook and you can take that 25 bucks and you can give it to a family that is struggling and fighting for their children. Love you very much. Thank you very much. And we are out.